Are you frustrated because your team doesn't produce quality results fast enough? Stressed out and tired of putting out fires from your team's drama and dysfunction? Welcome to the Drama Free Living Show. This is the show dedicated to helping you and your teams accomplish more with less stress and zero drama. Now, here's your host, Dennis McEntee. Hi, welcome to Drama Free Living. I'm Dennis McEntee, and I'm here with my friend, partner, all-around great guy, Stephen Raul. Stephen, I'm so glad to do this with you. And you know what's amazing about technology is that uh, today I'm getting ready to uh, work with a client here in San Francisco, and you're there in Philadelphia, and look, we're recording a podcast. Isn't it amazing? It is great. we got to love technology these days. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this in San Francisco. Well, good. This is a real passion of mine. And so what we're going to talk about today is, we're going to talk about the drama-free excuse buster. I mean, Stephen, imagine if we didn't have to deal with excuses. What what would that be like? Pretty terrific. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just think. I mean, how much time do we and energy do we waste and expend just trying to deal with all the excuses, listening to people's stories? And you know what's interesting about drama is that drama always has a story. You know, success never has a story, but drama always has a story. You know, you think about it, you know, did you, you know, when you ask somebody, did you do this? They go, yeah, I totally crushed it. But if they didn't, they, they go, you know, did you do that? And they'll say, uh, no, well, it's because, and then they give you that story. And so how do you bust through some of those stories? Now, just to be honest, Stephen, I, I think this is a human characteristic that we all kind of deal with is this whole excuse making. And Stephen, I know that every person has sort of their favorite excuse. And so I'm just going to just be honest and authentic because I still deal with it a little bit, is that I have a favorite excuse. And Stephen, I know it's the excuse that you hate because almost when I play this excuse, there's almost nothing you can say. You know, you come to me and you say, well, Dennis, did you get that blog post done? And, or Dennis, did you get the edits to drama-free nursing? Or where are we at on the manuscript for drama-free accountability? And Stephen, I, I kind of play this card on you, and it almost shuts you down. In fact, it's gotten so bad at times that it kind of shuts my wife down. She'll say, well, you know, did you do this around the house? Or, hey, can you do this? And I kind of play this, this excuse. And so, Stephen, wouldn't it be fun just to kind of know what my excuse is? Sure. I think I know what it is, but sure. So, I'll, you know, here, here's mine, and almost nobody can say anything, is I just go, oh, I just travel too much. Too. My biggest excuse is, oh, I just travel too much. And it almost shuts everybody down. I know it's frustrated you at times, hasn't it, Stephen? Sure. I, I have a compassion for it. But like you said, if I'm honest, there's not... For that one, I don't feel like I can push you as much as maybe if it was a different excuse, for sure. Exactly. And I think all of us have sort of learned excuses, and we almost become a master at it. And so I want to give us a formula that we've created in a lot of the work with our clients. And they've actually told us, some of our best clients, Stephen, is that this is one of the greatest tools that they've come up with to work with and dealing with their teams. And we've actually had clients tell us that they've actually saved 10 to 15 hours every week just by using the excuse buster, and they've stopped listening to the stories. So we thought, you know, Stephen and I got together, and we thought, right, Stephen, we thought this would be great to kind of share with everybody. Absolutely. And I had the pleasure of seeing you do this with a couple clients, and 
it's profound. It truly is profound. So, so here we go. Is when people give you an excuse, here's the framework. Even though, and then whatever excuse you have or whatever excuse they give you, even though excuse, like a common one is, oh, I just don't have enough time. Or I'm too busy. Those are two some of the two common ones. Maybe you've actually even used these. And so when people come to you and they give you that excuse, oh, I'm just too busy, here's the framework. Even though you're really busy, how can you still whatever action you need to take? So how it works for me would be, Dennis, even though you travel so much, how can you still get drama-free accountability written? Or even though, Dennis, you travel so much, how can you still get the blog post finished? My wife will use it. Dennis, even though you're traveling so much, how can you still get the garage cleaned up? And here's what happens, Stephen, is that when we make excuses, we stop being creative. And here's the key thing, okay? Creativity flows from this framework. Because all of a sudden when I say, even though I travel so much, how can I still write the blog post? My brain starts to get creative. My brain starts to think, okay, well, I could get up 15 minutes early um, here in the hotel room in San Francisco. Well, I've got a six-hour flight back to the East Coast on Friday. What could I do on the plane? I've got 15 minutes. I'm going to have a 20-minute lunch break tomorrow in between, in between working with clients. And all of a sudden, Stephen, I start to get creative. The problem with excuses is, I do nothing after I give the excuse. And I think that's what we've seen is just the big frustration at times with some of our clients where people give them excuses and the leader or the manager has nothing to say. Stephen, how do you think that, how, how do you think that plays out with clients? Well, I've actually seen a couple of the emails where CEOs and chief, chief operating officers have said that within less than a week, they started seeing a behavior change where people simply, their direct reports, for instance, stopped coming to them with as many excuses. They would still slip, but as they were walking up to them, I'll, I'll never forget the one that the woman in Boston said, which was, now they walk up to me and they pause and go, oh, never mind, I know exactly what you're going to say. become creative problem solvers on their own because they think, okay, well, my excuse is going to be I didn't get this done because I didn't have enough time. But then they go, okay, even though I'm really busy, I don't have enough time, how could I still figure out how to get this report done or whatever that assignment is? And all of a sudden they start being creative problem solvers. And the great thing is, is Stephen, they start to take more ownership. And you and I both know and we teach that ownership is some of the, is the greatest motivator in an organization. When people own their lives and they own their job and they take a sense of ownership and responsibility for, for the team, I mean, teams like this, they change the world. So you can either have a high ownership type of team or you can have a high excuse-making type of team. And we've talked about this before, but the reality is, is that we can either complain, which honestly, excuse-making many times is a form of complaining, and we can either complain or we can create but the reality is, is that we can't do both at the same time. So you get to choose. You can either make an excuse and complain, or you can step back and be creative. 
And so that's what we're trying to give people here today. And the great thing about creativity is we stop wasting time when we're creative. I mean, projects go faster. We, we save time. We save money. And it almost becomes also a stress buster. Some of the stress really is eliminated, and some of that friction is gone because people are already creative on themselves. So even even as a leader, some of the best work that we've done with leaders is when leaders have taken this framework and they've used it back with their team. So when people give them an excuse, they say, well, okay, well, even though you were really busy yesterday, how could you have still gotten this done? And what happens is, is that people start to get more creative. People start to use that creative part of their brain. They go to that logical side. And the reality is, is that a lot of the excuses, it's all an emotional response. And we have to remember that when people are in the emotion of the issue, it's almost like they're on drugs. It's almost like they don't think straight. So, Stephen, I'll never forget the one of our clients in the Midwest. She was having a feedback conversation with one of her team members. She brought her into the office, and I called her a couple hours after that conversation because I knew she was going to have it. And, Stephen, I'll never forget what she said. She says, she said, Dennis, I brought her in, and we started to work the excuse buster, and this person got so mad she threw down her hair. Stephen, have you ever heard that expression, thrown down your hair? <laughs> no, I haven't. She threw down her hair. Yeah, I, I didn't even know what she was talking about. I thought, is that a Midwest thing? People throw down hair? <laughs> it, it, and come to find out, she said the lady actually had a wig, and she got so mad she took off her wig, threw it on the ground, and she was screaming at this later leader with a bald head. <laughs> and, so, and, and so that's a great example of, you know, Part of our job as leaders, when people come to us with these emotions, is that we've got to get them out of the emotion of it. We've got to get them out of the emotion of the situation. We've got to get them out of the emotion of the excuse. And using the excuse buster really eliminates a lot of stress because people get out of the emotion, which is really key if we're going to lead people. So let me ask you a question. Isn't it, so is it accurate to say that for some people – when they're using their excuses, that there's some level of embarrassment or loss of self or loss of perceived influence or self-esteem, whatever it may be. Because when you're making excuses, the way I, one of the ways I see it is you're not in integrity with the commitments you made or with what you said you would do with people. So when you're not in integrity, the emotions can definitely trigger because now you're either feeling angry at yourself, you're feeling shamed, or gosh, there I am, I'm so weak, I did it again. So how do you deal with that embarrassment? What do you think about that, and how do, I, how do you acknowledge it but then get them to move forward? out of that shame of what you're talking about mm -hmm. is people have a sense of learned helplessness or really where they've like lost their power, their own personal power. Mm -hmm. Oh, I did it again. And it, and then it just starts to recreate itself. So using that framework really helps people get their power back. 
Because here's what happens many times, Stephen, is that people give an excuse and typically the leader, the manager, just, you know, get a sense of anger. You know, I know you've gotten angry with me when I've given you the excuse. This kind of boils up and you almost want to say, well, just shut up and get it done. I don't care. I don't care that you're too busy. Just get the thing done right now. And the problem with that framework is it shames people even more. They all they already feel a sense of shame. And then you take that approach and it shames them even more. And they typically are not productive after that conversation. So using the drama-free excuse buster, what I love about it is that it affirms people. Because here's the thing, Stephen, like you could say to me, you could say, well, Dennis, just stop traveling and get, get this done. Well, the reality is, Stephen, is I'm not going to stop traveling. Mm-hmm. Right? Correct. And when you use that with me, Dennis, even though you're traveling a lot, how can you still? It affirms me as a person, and it affirms that I'm a powerful person. And it tells, it tells me that you understand me, and mm-hmm. you get where I'm coming from. And the number one thing people want is they want to be understood. Yep. So when you use the excuse bus with people, it really helps them get their power back because you say, listen, even though I totally understand you're super busy, even though I understand you didn't have a lot, a lot of time, how could you have still gotten whatever action you need to take? And that's what I love about it. It doesn't shame people, and it really helps people get their sense of power back. It's really great. What this also prompted me to think about was a mentor of mine who taught me, Stephen, whenever you're late to a meeting, instead of making excuses, and I'll never forget in New York City, 35 minutes into a presentation, a gentleman comes in, we're in Manhattan, and he says, sorry for being late, the GW Bridge was backed up. Well, Everybody in New York knows the GW Bridge, the George Washington Bridge, is backed up every single day. It's worse at different times of the day. But the whole room started chuckling because of the absurdity of that comment, because it turned out that that employee had worked at that same office for 24 years. And so, of course, he knew the GW Bridge was backed up. So my mentor taught me, sorry for being late or sorry for disrespecting you and your time. I failed to leave my home early enough to be here on time. So whatever the language is, what I'm curious is, would the framework, even though your favorite excuse, how can you still, and then take the action, would you agree that once people start practicing that, that then another benefit would be that you could follow that up with. So let's start taking ownership instead of making excuses like the thing about being late. Is that a natural progression or a benefit from doing this? Yeah, absolutely. Because what happens is, is that, you know, you get creative, you know, how can I still in, and then you start to make a list and then you start to own some of those, some of those actions. And Stephen, what I love about your story is, you know, I've realized that, you know, all progress always starts with telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And we never change anything in our life unless we're willing to tell the truth about it and just own it and be honest about it. And so it would have been, you know, it would have been much more helpful for that person just to own it and just tell the truth that, you know, the reality is, is that I left a little bit late. You know, of course, the, the GW was, you know, backed up. 
Yep. But the truth is, I left a little bit late. And and here's what I've realized in working with people, and, and, and many managers have told us this and some of our best clients, is many times we just want people to tell us the truth. If, even if you can tell me the truth, I can work with that. I can work with you making mistakes. I can work with, you know, if it's a training issue, I can work with maybe you're not real confident about how to do something. I can work with that. A great example of that is if we work with, with excuses. Yep. A great example of that is if the person just looked at you and said, Oh, sorry for being late. I was doing something else that I thought was far more important than being here right now with you on time. Because that's the truth. The truth is, I was late because I thought what else I was doing beforehand was far more important than being here in this meeting. Absolutely. And then, and then when, when we tell the truth, we, we can deal, we can deal with the truth or, or a classic one is, you know, I think many times people just need to, you know, and I've used this one. It's like, well, Stephen, you know, listen, I'm sorry. I just, I procrastinated. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it. It was hard. It was difficult for me in my mind. And so I have just procrastinated. That's the truth. You so, know, you, you can work with me on that rather than me telling you this long story. Here's, here's what's interesting, Stephen, is the truth is typically short, and we get to answers really quick. When we have to deal with excuses, boy, it takes a long time to work through it, doesn't it? Absolutely. And so that's something you said earlier was one of the benefits of this is people stop wasting time coming to you. You reclaim a bunch of time as a manager or as a leader in your own life because you're not sitting there having to babysit and listen to a bunch of excuse stories. And then I loved what you said earlier about the creativity piece is your people become creative problem solvers. They start solving things on their own. And as I mentioned earlier, they're grown adults. And so they go, well, I don't need to go to Dennis anymore because I know Dennis is just going to say, even though blank, how can I still... And so they know to not to do that. So it saves you time. It saves you money. I heard you say it gets to results faster. The thing I wanted to ask you, though, is what do you mean that stress diminishes from the fact that they're being creative problem solvers? What does that mean? Well, well, Stephen, when I'm, when I'm telling a story, I'm not being creative. And a lot of a lot of our clients, when they first come to us, they're they're overwhelmed. They're doing the job of the people that they're leading, and they they're just crying out for help. They're, they come to us, Stephen, and, and we we hear it every day. Is you know, can you please can you please help me? It's like I'm doing my job, and everybody else under me, I'm doing I'm doing their jobs, and I, I have this this level of stress and this level of pressure, and and using this framework really diminishes that because people start to become creative on their own or you actually have conversations about creative ideas instead of just because here's what happens maybe let's say it this way is that with every goal and every project there are always obstacles always obstacles and what we've learned is that obstacles really are the raw material to getting to accomplishing your goals or reaching your projects and so a lot of times in our goal setting method is that we have people define what the lasting result or what the big payoff is in reaching a goal, and then we'll sit down and ask them, okay, what are all the obstacles? And we just have fun listing out all the obstacles, like, oh, I don't think we have enough time. Or, I'm not sure if we have enough budget for that. Or we just list out the obstacles. 
And then we just focus on what are strategies to overcome those obstacles? Because most excuses are obstacles. And, you know, most excuses in people's minds are very real. They're very real obstacles that they feel powerless to do anything about. Oh, I just don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. But, well, that's an obstacle. There is a limited amount of time, so that's an obstacle. But using the drama-free excuse buster, we can create strategies that overcome any obstacle. And so what happens is for leaders is that all of a sudden team members aren't just bringing you obstacles, but they're actually bringing you strategies for those obstacles by using this framework. So, so exactly. So what I would say, what I'm curious is, so the people that are professional, mature, and have high personal accountability, they're going to take this framework and they're going to run with it. And managers and leaders are going to see that positive result and they're going to reclaim their time and all of those benefits. But I know people that are listening right now are also saying, but Dennis, what happens if I am doing the work of people beneath me? Because if I'm honest with myself, I know that I keep saying the same thing to these people, but they don't ever change their behavior and then they get frustrated. So what do you do in that situation when you aren't getting success for whatever reason, and you keep training them or telling them, but they don't change the behavior. So how do you deal with that? Yeah, Stephen, I I think that is probably one of the hardest and saddest things that we always deal with. And the fact that, you know, Stephen, there are just some people that we can't help. You know, we kind of call them pre-help or pre-recovery. They're just not ready to be helped. They're just not ready to change. And we all know that nothing changes until behavior changes. Mm-hmm. So we work with organizations and training behavioral standards and, and employee review processes and onboarding processes is that part of what we teach is that nothing changes until behavior changes. And so the reality is, Stephen, is that you have two choices with your team, is that you either have to train them or you have to trade them. That's it. If you can't train them, then you have to trade them. That's really great language. That's really yeah, great language. Folks, Stephen, it's like we just have to free their future, mm. you know, or share them with the competition. You know, free their future, Stephen, is that when we sit down with people and go, hey, listen, your future is really bright. You can do anything you want to do. You just can't do it here anymore. Mm. And, and sometimes, you know, people have to hit another bottom before they'll look up. And many times that's a more of an act of care than always trying to be this codependent rescuing people. But just maybe let them hit another bottom so that they'll look up and change behavior because sometimes people have to hurt a little bit more before they change behavior. Sure. And being going beyond just being a rescuer isn't the opposite of dealing with either train them or trade them isn't the opposite of that, that they just don't address the issue at all, or they just ignore it? And what happens? Yeah, which is, yeah, happens which is even worse, and we've seen this, is that, you know, where people actually play the ostrich. And what we tell our best clients is, and, is that whatever you don't address, you actually endorse. And here's where leaders actually endorse excuse-making mm-hmm. when they don't address it. And using the drama-free excuse buster gives people gives people their dignity. It allows you to have a conversation without shaming them, but 
it lays the excuse out there and it helps people be creative and overcome the obstacle of that excuse. You mentioned earlier, that's really great. You mentioned earlier this idea of behavior standards. I mean, you and I both know that if you dig deep beneath the surface of these organizations where there's low accountability, lots of things are ignored, there are structural issues oftentimes missing, such as annual performance reviews, meaningful feedback, coaching conversations, personal accountability. There's a ton of different things that typically are missing or the leaders are failing to do. Our behavior standards that you mentioned earlier, is that a part of, is that a tool or a strategy on how to address the absence of those other things, or does that help them look at those other things? How does that work? Yeah, Stephen, I, I think what you and I both love is that when we get to consult with clients and kind of reach into the belly of the beast mm-hmm. and kind of pull out some of these behavioral standards, and then we sit down and we actually certify coaches and service champions within the organization that can carry the message. Because there's nothing more that I love, Stephen, than just duplicate myself. You know, if we can duplicate ourselves and create coaches and champions inside of organizations that actually carry the behavioral standards, where watch, and you and I both know, Stephen, it's so much more powerful when you have team members that are championing it, not just the executive team or not just, you know, managers. But you actually have people on the front line that are championing these behavioral standards where they're all they're, they're coaches for their teams. And it, it's such a joy. And, and we've seen, you know, just amazing results. And we really focus on behavioral standards because, Stephen, you and I both know nothing changes until behavior changes. And so I love the process that we run people through from the onboarding to the performance review and creating those systems because many times, Stephen, it's even a process issue. And so just having the right process, because people will perform the process if the process is correct. Mm. And people need to be told what the behaviors are, and it needs to be clear. Not these vague, we just got to try harder, Stephen. <laughs> got to work harder. Right, right, right. right. It's like, it's like what, that means 10 things to 10 different people. So we've covered a lot, and... The excuse buster really is even though, and then you fill in the blank with your favorite excuse. So even though I'm traveling all the time, how can I still write my book, Drama-Free Accountability, and finish it on time for the publisher? So you can use, what I love about this is you can use the excuse buster on yourself, not just with your people. Yeah, because then you start to get creative. So, Stephen, let's do this. Let's, let's give let's give a practical exercise. What do you think? That would be great. That would be great. Uh, okay, so we want everybody to think right now. Um, what's one thing that maybe you've been procrastinating on? Procrastinating on? What's one thing that maybe you haven't quite gotten done yet? What's one thing in the back of your head that you're just kind of gnawing at you? And, and here's the key word. You're thinking, oh, I should be doing this. So get that thing in your mind. That's your action. And now I want you to tell the truth about what your excuse is. What excuse have you been telling yourself? Like, what excuse have you been medicating yourself with? Almost like to make yourself feel better and almost to justify why you haven't done that. So just get that excuse. Many times, Stephen, people say, well, I just don't have enough time, or I'm just too busy, or I'm just overworked. 
Mm-hmm. So whatever that excuse you tend to medicate yourself with, okay, and then let's work the formula. Even though you're too busy or whatever your excuse is, how can you still and then put that action in? Now, what we want you to do is we want you to take about 10 minutes and just get out a piece of paper and just go get creative. How can I still, how can I still, how can I still take the action? How can I still take the action? And just write out a list of four to five things. Write out a list of just four or five things. Try to get to ten. Maybe you only get three, but just get a list right now. And then I want you to decide an action step. So because I, nothing will change in your life until behavior changes. So I think about something that I've procrastinated, have not addressed. I think about the excuse that I have attached to that procrastination. And then with that excuse, I'm so busy or I'm too busy or I'm in graduate school at nighttime and so I'm exhausted, don't have time to do these projects at work, whatever it may be. So get clear about what you're procrastinating, then identify your favorite excuse, and then even though favorite excuse, how can I still take action, whatever those actions are? So then you said list 10 so then what would you recommend? Do they pick the top three, or how does that work? You know, Stephen, just pick one. Just pick one and put it into action within 24 hours. I mean, go get a quick win. You know, there, that might not be the right action. That might not be the total answer. But go create some momentum and create some movement, because movement begets movement. And the fact that you're moving towards it, you'll eventually find the answer. But if you're just going to stand still and medicate yourself with excuses, you'll never find the answer. And maybe the answer is not in those 10, the list of 10 things that you came up with. I don't know. But just get some movement. So I want you to pick at least one action and put it into practice. It's best if you can put it into practice within the hour, but at least within 24 hours. Maybe calendarize it. Put it on your calendar. And go take some movement. It's a great point. It just came to me, Dennis, that not only could you do the excuse buster for yourself, like you've just laid out this great process, people that are listening right now could also commit to going and doing an excuse buster conversation with one of their employees, one of their team members. That would be that would be like added bonus. And what you want to do is you want to have a coaching conversation where you co-create the solution. Because sometimes they might look at you and they might not have an answer. Well, how can I still? And then you go, well, let's think about some things. What could you do? You know, here's one thing that I think about. And just create a list with them. And actually coach them. Instead of getting mad and frustrated and just tell them to go figure it out and storm out of their presence. Actually have a coaching conversation with them. You just reminded me, I saw in Virginia last week when you were talking to the audience about this exact moment, you're coaching the team member, and they keep looking at you saying, I don't know, I don't know, and you're saying, well, what else, how could you still, and they go, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Do you mind sharing, just just kind of a bonus, but can you share that brilliant comments that you made about the smartest person that you know or that whole strategy that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So so here's what happens with I don't know is that people typically, it's typically an emotional reaction 
And so it's sort of a gut emotional reaction. And typically what frustrates me, and I know a lot of leaders and managers, is that when people say, I don't know, the next thing they do, Stephen, is nothing. Look at you. You're in the headlights. So a great thing to do is to use the excuse buster, okay, even though you don't know, how could you still take the action? Now, if they're in a high level of drama and just deep into the emotion and they just want to hold on to I don't know, here is a bonus Here's a bonus framework to work with people is we ask them, well, who's the smartest person you know? And then typically, Stephen, they look at you like you're an idiot, right? They're like, what are you talking about? No, no, just tell me who the smartest person you you know. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to get them to step outside of themselves. And so they'll say something like, well, my grandfather or my sister or my father or my best friend or whoever that is. And then I'll ask them, well, what would your father say in this situation? What would your father do in this situation? And typically, Stephen, they will give you an answer. See, I don't know is a very powerless statement. It's like people are giving their power away, mm-hmm. and you're trying to give them their power back. And so that, that little framework there allows people to sort of step outside of themselves and look at it through a different lens, to look at it through the eyes of somebody that's really smart, and they go to that creative place. It's amazing. So that's a bonus one. We'd love for you to go try it out and just shoot us an email and let us know how that worked for you. But uh, it's amazing how it works, Stephen. This is really great. Thank you, Dennis. I was wanting to ask you, I believe you have a video training that supports the whole excuse buster strategy, correct? We do, Stephen. And so let's give an even extra bonus. So we've given you the framework. We've given you the I don't know bonus. And so let's actually give you the video bonus. Let's just go all out, okay? So what we would love for people to do is go to DennisMcEntee.com, that's D-E-N-N-I-S-M-C-I-N-T-E-E.com forward slash excuse buster. And if you go to that page, and, and that'll be down in the show notes, but if you go to that page, there's actually an online training where I walk people through and you actually get a worksheet, and it's the same training that we use with our consulting clients that they have said this one principle, this one framework has made all of the difference in our organization. And we just wanted to give it to you as a blessing. That's fantastic, Dennis. So it's Dennis McAtee with McAtee is M-C-I-N-T-E-E. So DennisMcAtee.com forward slash excuse buster. And if they go there, they can get the video training the worksheet, and can really take a deeper dive into this strategy, correct? That's it. It's, it's, Stephen, this has been a blast. Thank you so much, Dennis. I can't believe how much actionable content you just shared, and it's just incredible. And I really hope people will face one of their excuses and do the framework and see the results they can have. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening today. Hopefully you'll take action on One Power Strategy immediately. Our passion is to help people just like you. We believe you can create a high-trust, high-performance team that produces better results faster. And you can do it without working harder in less time. For more fast action techniques and strategies, go now to www.dramafreeresults.com.